92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Go ahead, Wes. Tell the people what you're feeling like. Yeah, it, we, we had that same reaction, Fitty walking into the fishbowl Fridays. They just hit different. I think they hit different for everybody, but especially on this show as well, no <laughs> rules Friday. We got loud noises coming from Fitty walking into the fishbowl, loud noises from Wes, even with Fitty ignoring Wes completely before we hopped on the yeah, mic. Yeah, man. Uh, another problem within their relationship. I feel like we can be on the men. That for the would next be his uh, superpower if he, if he was a superhero, his <laughs> ability to ignore. Well, and look. I've been accused of being the one that ignores on this show quite a bit, that I can't multitask, yada, yada. But it's actually Fiddy who just outright ignores you. So what's yeah. worse, legitimately not hearing you and reading text and moving on to the oh, next definitely content, they ignore. Yeah, just hearing you, knowing what you said, and then addressing because something once else you instead. Get, once you get in tune, you might... Uh, enjoy what I have to say. <laughs> right. But when you ignore, you you clearly show that you could give a damn about what I just said. Deliberate? Yeah. Fitty? Yeah. Just not listening? Deliberately so? How do you explain that, Fitty? Is there any excuse that you could bring to the table? Man, you're just you're just full of crap because Flounder <laughs> had asked a question. I let Wes give his two cents on what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Then I answered said question. It wasn't a blatant ignore or yeah. blatant disrespect. I was answering my friend's question. Okay. What he could have did was he could have been like, oh, Wes, all right, man, we're going to think about that for sure, and then answer the yeah. question. That's the proper thing to do, but to completely ignore what I said when I'm trying to say something to help <laughs> you guys out, and you just ignore me and just so, keep it pushing. Just to give this thing some context, it looks like the numbers are pretty good with the downloads on the Four Corners podcast on WFNZ.com, and I think you have your own podcast tab now, right? That is correct. So you can go there. We'll give you some plug. We'll talk a little little bit more about Carolina basketball. They landed a transfer, finally. They got Cormac Ryan out of Notre Dame. We'll give you some more analysis on that later on in the campus corner. Or you could also listen to it after the show and after the Kyle Bailey show. You can listen to it later tonight. But when you do go there, you can check out the Four Corners doing very well. And Wes was saying, hey, go to YouTube, right? Also, try to get some more money off of this thing, yada, yada, giving him some advice. And then so Wes goes on a pretty, I don't know, probably like a two-minute spiel i think that's fair to say and then fitty talks to flounder right after that just it completely ignores wes doesn't respond to anything he said that's true and so now this is the way we're starting i feel like the energy is still up but fitty is ignoring and then talking to his buddy flounder yeah, instead man. so that's what's going it's all on good. um let's go to i i don't know what this is about fitty maybe you can help explain this as well we'll go to the text line immediately the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610. 704 said Walker Flounder was cooking Rick Bro all damn day. What does that mean? Does Flounder was Flounder talking about Bryce Young today? Do we have more number one overall conversation? Do you know what any of that means? So I, I was listening in during the show because I like to support all the shows here at the station, especially when the company when, man. You know, when when my guy was on with the boss man. And you, you know, the thing was was that, you know, Jeff just Jeff thinks there's more 
There, there's a great. There, there's more chances that the Panthers draft Bryce Young than what everyone believes. Like, we're, I think the whole station is now Bryce Young's going number one. Like, even ten toes down west has moved from Anthony Richardson over to Bryce. I got him back a little bit on the Richardson bandwagon, but yes, he's he's now he's not ten toes. I think he's one foot down for yeah, Bryce, man. one foot yeah, down for Anthony Richardson. Yeah. yeah. And so Flounder was just kind of just you know making his points, and at one point he. He bet his paycheck that the Panthers uh, draft Bryce Young. Who floundered it? Yeah, and then I think I uh, I believe Jeff was like, "Are you willing to bet your job?" And I think Flounder told the boss man Wicked. that he would bet his job that the Panthers draft Bryce oh, Young do number one overall next See, Thursday. See, this, this is this is too much. This is the the gambler that just goes all in and then loses everything. Floundy, you know, it's one thing. To bet the paycheck. Don't bet the job, man. Don't do that. We want you back here, Flound. And plus, who's going to get Fitty lunch during the show? Who's going to help him out when Fitty needs to go take care of something? I mean, Shroppy all the time? Flounder is the one that goes and gets some food. I don't think that's a smart idea. I know you can't feel comfortable with that. Well, here's the thing. I lost a lot of trust and faith in Shrop. Because Uh when I had to Hmm. eat that nasty milkshake, (laughs) I told him, I was like, bro. If you order what I want you to order me, which is what I normally get, mm-hmm. I will pay you a sum of money so I don't have to eat this nasty milkshake. I know. You are such a weasel. And he, he didn't do here. it. So now like, I can't trust him to go order what I want him to do anyway. But I can. That that, that actually – you actually just helped him out <laughs> by allowing me and Wes to trust him that much more, that he was not <laughs> duped by any bribery that you were trying to put on him. And, in fact, he took care – he understood the assignment, to use a phrase, for a second day in a row. All right, let's get off the bus. We pulled up to the scene. Bus driver, can you open up the doors and let's get to talking some sports. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! So Flounder was willing to bet that Bryce Young was going to be the pick. His paycheck even flirted with the job bet. How shocking would it be to you, Wes, if Bryce Young wasn't indeed the pick? Because I know you have been the one that has given life to Anthony Richardson possibly being the selection. It is crazy to think that C.J. Stroud just seems to be completely out of the conversation now, right? Because a lot of people had him as the favorite, the whole prototypical size under Frank Reich thing. Now no one is talking about C.J. Stroud not only not going number one, but now people think the Houston Texans are going to skip over C.J. Stroud. Maybe he's not even a top four or five pick. That's very real at this point in time. That would be one of the bigger draft day shocks that we've seen if Bryce Young was not selected number one overall. Uh, I wouldn't be really shocked because I just feel like we've heard little reports here and there, no matter how much you want to pay attention to it, that Reich wants one guy, Federer wants another, that David Tepper wants one guy, and the other guys want another. Then we've heard the, the different ripples from different people of how you know they like Anthony Richardson, they like Stroud. So at this point, I would not be surprised. I'm kind of 50-50. Uh, I think Bryce Young is probably the favorite, but if they didn't take him, I wouldn't be surprised. Surprising, at least. Uh, I would be. I would be shocked. That, that's how shocked I would be. Like I'm. I'm all the way there, right? I, if if Bryce Young was not announced and they said Anthony Richardson instead, I mean, I'm I'm 90 percent of the way in on this. I'm 95, and I think we've all kind of been operating under that assumption. We've been talking as if he's going to be the new franchise QB. That's what we've been rolling with. And so the fact that the conversations that we've had, think it would be hilarious to play back all of the hours of radio on all of the shows here on WFNZ if 
Anthony Richardson was the name out of Roger Goodell's mouth. It's like, wait, we just, hold on. We just spent this entire time talking about Bryce Young. Now we got to flip everything on its head. Now we got to talk all about Richardson being the QB, the perfect match with him and Andy Dalton and Frank Reich and the moves you made this offseason to help him out. I would be very surprised. I did want to play a name game with you real quickly. Okay. I wanted to play this with Fiddy as well. I want to give you a list of QBs where if Bryce Young hits the ceiling that these QBs did, I want you to tell me if you would be happy with that, him being the number one overall pick. Or if you're still a little bit doubtful of him being the pick, Anthony, CJ, whoever, right? So number one overall pick, reaching the ceiling of one, we can all agree, Drew Brees would be just fine, correct? We'd all be happy about Drew Brees. No doubt about it. Okay, so Drew Brees would be the first one. Russell Wilson, we'd all still be happy even if he's had a down year last year. You still get a decade of a small QB playing awesome. You'd still be happy with Russell, right? Well, if his teammates had to make appointments to call him and then he was working out on the team playing while guys are trying to relax, I don't know if I'd be happy with that. But as far as if he plays like him, I'd be with him. Without the corniness? Yeah, without the cornball. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, easy. Let me ask you this one. This is where it gets a little tough. What about Kyler Murray, given what he's given us the first couple of seasons, with also the potential that Kyler still possesses years down the road? So let's say Bryce Young looks a lot like Kyler in the first three years, maybe with different production instead of the rushing yards. Maybe that is more added to the passing. You get the idea. Just some level of production that Kyler has given us the first few seasons. Would you be happy with that, seeing that from Bryce Young? Um... That's a tough one. I would go with yes because Kyler has had some good seasons um, and he has, you know, gotten some big wins. So, yeah, I would say I could live with that. What about you, Fiddy? I can't. Oh, you'd be cool with it. I'm surprised about this. Why, why would you be cool with the Kyler Murray production? Oh, no. I was hitting that for one. Oh, okay. that's, that's a no. If I got to pay <laughs> okay. a guy $200-something million and put in, put in a, uh, a study clause to make sure he's doing his homework, no, and, and 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 I don't think now that Cliff Kingsbury is out of Arizona, I he don't. He was think, just talking production, though. I, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I think Kyler Murray's gonna flame out. I don't think he loves football. So it, the, the first, so he's a two-time Pro Bowler by the age oh, of twenty-five. Okay, so is Tyler Huntley. No, well, no, he's not. No, he's not multiple time, but he is a Pro <laughs> Bowler. You're right about that. No, I'm just hear me out real quickly. The, the case, if there was to be a devil's advocate case for Kyler Murray, the guy is a two-time Pro Bowler. He did get a team to the postseason. He does have excellent rushing production, and also it's not bad passing. The guy, the first three years of his NFL career, threw for at least thirty-seven hundred yards. The touchdown-to-interception ratio is not bad. 20 to 12, 26, 12, 24, 10. So the average yards yeah, per he's two to one for his career. Yeah. So like I, I think, I, I think with Kyler, if you, hmm, I think I want to see a little bit more from Bryce. I think I'm with you, Fiddy. But it's so close. It's so close. I mean, he was AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, his rookie year, and he's a two-time Pro Bowler. So. If that's what you get out of Bryce Young in his first four seasons, I think we take that. I mean, yeah, it's it's all context based too. But I'm with you, right? I'm not I'm not mad at that. I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in debate on that because I'd be cool with that as well. Some of the other names, real quickly, before we move on from the first segment, Dak Prescott. What about Dak for you, Wes? No, he's too turnover prone. I would I would. not say no. That really only happened this year, though. The turnover. What have you done for me lately? Okay. Fiddy, what about you? I'm going to say no for you on Dak Prescott. Uh, yeah, no, because I want the Panthers to, I don't know, win playoff games and go to the Super Bowl and stuff like that. Dak's won a couple. 
He's, he's, not, he's not gotten them past the divisional round, though. I want more for the Carolina Panthers. Okay, no, fair. I just, yeah, just just putting some stuff out there, but fair enough on all that. But we're adding extra to it, though. We're just talking about from production-based of what they've done statistically, would we be cool with that? Yeah, uh, yeah, w- whatever you want to go with, right? Whatever you entail the ceiling. I never realized his touchdown to interception ratio was so impressive. I mean, 66 to 65, that's pretty Dak good. Prescott? No, yeah. I know, it was this year that were the turnovers, right? Like, I, I like Dak. It was this year where he started turning the ball over. I don't expect that to happen again. Um, here's one that's really tough, okay? So, yes, the production, but also the short-lived career, Andrew Luck. If you got the Andrew Luck career, would you be happy with what you get from Bryce Young? Because I I love Andrew. I thought he was a very good QB. I know people compare Cam and Andrew and then dislike Andrew because of that, and I get it. But when he was playing, the guy was awesome. Obviously, he didn't play as long as we thought with the surprising news when he retired. What about you, Wes? Andrew Luck, yes or no? I'd say, yeah, I'd be with it. I'd be okay with that. Even even with the length of the career? Now the length, no. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, that's yeah, I hear you. What about you, Fitty? I think I say yes because he played what seven, eight years in the in the NFL. Some yes. Twenty twelve to twenty eighteen. Yeah, so what seven years? Right. You know, and I felt like every Six. well, twelve. No, seven because you'd count twelve, right? So it count them. There'll be seven. I count six. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is six. <laughs> oh, but he skipped, but he did get hurt during it. Either way, Andrew Luck. All right, so. Yeah, and- 2017. Okay, yes. there. The, okay, fair enough. There you go. Okay, so 17 was the one that he missed, of course. And then, uh, all right, last two, just real quickly, rapid fire. Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. Where would you go with both of those guys? I'd be all right with that. Both of them? Yeah. Both of them? Both of them for you. Um... Derek Carr's a little bit questionable. I, I think I got to hit the X on Carr, and even though I mean I know I. Yeah. I mean I sold my soul to the devil to get Derek Carr here in Carolina. Talk about defense attorney stuff. But you're talking about a guy that kind of like Dak Prescott, great numbers, great stats, hasn't won a damn thing. I want to um, win. I, I would go Matthew Stafford. Yes, I'd be cool with that. I think in a right situation, Stafford could have done more during his time in Detroit with Derek Carr. I don't want him as my number one overall pick. That, that I don't want that production from a number one guy that you're hoping a lot more from in the future. All right, that'll do it for the name game. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back. We have some breaking news in the NFL. We have some suspensions being handed out. I want to get some of the takes around here on the suspensions, and then we'll discuss if Bryce Young is the pick. Will this be the best quarterback room for Carolina since the first stint of one Cam Newton. We'll get to all of that coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Yada, yada, yada. I'm really tired today. Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ reminding you that we are now within a week's worth of time before we get to see, we get to hear who the number one overall pick is for the Carolina Panthers. And we can all find out together 
if you come hang out at the draft party. The WFNZ draft party is back, and this time it's in the home of Panther great Thomas Davis. You can join the entire WFNZ crew next Thursday, April 27th at 1058 Sports Bar and Lounge. From 5 to 9 p.m., you can watch as the Panthers select the new face of the franchise. Hear the guys react to everything on draft night and check the great prizes, food and drink specials, and watch the entire draft on multiple big screen TVs. It's the 2023 WFNZ Draft Party from 1058 Sports Bar and Lounge at 430 West 4th Street, just across from Truist Field. The Panthers are on the clock, and we have you covered on the official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I also wanted to go to the Garage Door Guru text line. In case you don't know the number by now, the number is 704-570-9610. Got a lot, so I'm going to try to roll through these. Trophy Husband wrote in and said, Walker, I was thinking the exact same thing yesterday. I think this came across when I was saying, what if they don't? announced Bryce Young, I would be a lot more surprised than Westwood right now. Wes is going 50-50. I'm going like 90-10. I'm, I'm pretty much all the way in. I've, I've, I'm 10 toes down. You know, nothing is 100%, but yeah, I would be shocked. I have no problem using that word. 828 number said Bryce Young when we were doing the QB comparisons. 828 said Bryce Young is Taylor Heineke. Yikes. And that's no slight to Taylor. I just don't want to draft Taylor Heineke number one overall. I would like to have somebody better than Taylor Heineke, <laughs> uh, a former Panther, by the way. Coach Couch, Couch Coach, that'd probably make a little more sense. Couch Coach Kyle wrote in, Pro Bowls don't mean a damn thing anymore. We all know that. They don't, they mean something. But when Tyler Huntley gets there, like there are, there is the injury after yeah, injury. That, was just stupid. that whole text? No, that was stupid about the Tyler Huntley making the Pro Bowl. Yeah, there, we, we see that. There are guys that clearly aren't, what, a top four QB in the league that make it quite frequently now. Who, who is it? It's the top two QBs in every conference. Is that what it is? Maybe top three? Is that right? Something like that. So if it's the top two or three, and then you have a couple of the guys either miss out or are injured, you can get pretty far down before you know, you're know you you're out of Pro Bowl range anymore. You had something fitting? Huntley being a, all, or a, a Pro Bowler is like P.J. Washington being an All-Star. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I agree with that, honestly. Oh, damn. The defense attorney loses this round. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> P.J. I, I found somebody else to defend. I think it's Bryce Young. NASCAR Brad, we appreciate you texting all the time, man. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Happy Friday to you, NASCAR Brad. Cowherd said, I had to look this dude up. I don't know who he's talking about. Sorry, Coward, but at least you got your name. Shout out. Last one, Bagel Guy wrote in, I'm calling it now. Bryce is having a cam type first year, 4,000 yards passing. What Seriously? What are the chances of that? 4,000 yards. It could happen. I think he's that advanced that he could come in and pick up the playbook rather quickly. And I feel like pre-snap, post-snap, I think he can get a good feel for what he's seeing pretty quickly. And I think that could translate to them trusting him more to throw the ball. I think plus within the last decade, as we get to the modern era of the NFL, I think it's possible. I The thing is, I do think Carolina is going to lean more so on the run. You get Miles Sanders, you pay him a decent amount of money. The offensive line is a strong suit of your offense. So I could imagine very easily that they're going to rely a lot on play action. Bryce Young handing the ball off to Miles Sanders quite a bit, using that to set up some of the passing downfield. And so maybe that limits Bryce Young 
and his ability to get to 4,000, but it's going to be close. I could see it too. I think there's absolutely that possibility. Before we move on with Bryce Young talk, there was some breaking news and pretty big news coming in from the NFL within the last hour. Ian Rappaport reported on Twitter, and it's the real one. He still has the blue check. Honestly, thank you. I know people have gone the other way on this, not paying for the blue check, but some of you people out there, I appreciate you paying for the blue check, just so I don't have to check Hmm. if you are indeed the real person. So Rap Sheet put out there, NFL suspended five players, including Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams, for violations of NFL's gambling policy. Lions C.J. Moore and Quintez Cephas plus Commander Shaka Tony are suspended indefinitely at least one year. Williams and Detroit Stanley Berryhill are suspended six games. And so, Fiddy, I know you had some more information on that. I don't have it in front of me right now. But you said that Jameson Williams got suspended six games along with Barry Hill because they used an NFL facility to bet on a non-NFL game. So because of it not being an NFL game they bet on, it's only six games as opposed to a year, which you saw from Ridley and also some of these other guys listed in the report. Yeah, no, that's correct. And doesn't that just kind of show the hypocrisy that exists in this thing? Like, you can't bet on the NFL, which makes does make sense. Like, you know, point shaving, all that type of stuff. But no, I mean, like, I know why I said the (laughs) fishbowl got y'all stirred up to where I don't think these teams should be in bed with these these betting agents because this type of stuff is going to happen. But now you're you're still getting punished for placing non NFL bets at your NFL facility. Like at that point, don't allow that type of stuff to happen on your premises at all, whether it's for an NFL or non NFL bet. Well, they said those that were suspended at least a year were found to have bet on NFL games. Those suspected suspended for six games, place bets on college games, but from their facility. My thing is this, if the team went over, especially the Calvin Ridley deal, if if you did not do your team the service of having a team meeting, going over this with guys, sending out information to them so that they know this, if they knew this and still did it, then I don't feel bad for you at all. But if the teams did not go all out to make sure that these guys understood this, then yeah, I do think this is some nonsense because I could see not the guys betting on NFL games, but the guys that bet on college yeah. games. I could easily see a scenario where they're like, Coach, I didn't know I couldn't do that. But if they had meetings with these guys, went over information with them, say, hey, you guys can't bet at all in this facility, and guys still did it anyway, then good riddance. Yeah, I have to imagine. I guess I don't remember the reporting when this came in, so maybe we could look it up. We have an excellent, well-paid research team to go do that for us. But when Calvin Ridley got suspended, I don't know just how overt that message was to the players. Hey, here's an idea. Don't bet on NFL games, right? It seems pretty simple, but maybe it wasn't spelled out in simple terms. So, okay, whatever. He gets suspended. He serves the year. With these guys, The so now you have that example to go off of. If you are one of the players that got suspended for a year, that means you bet on NFL games. You're all, you already have an example. There's no excuse. Okay, uh, what, what do you want us to do? You saw it happen. You decided to do it anyway. One year for you as well. With the non-NFL games, Again, we could use common sense, just stay away from all of it, especially at an NFL team facility. But what I'll tell you this, my take on this is that I think the NFL is smart for cracking down so hard on this. I understand the suspension is long for someone like Calvin Ridley or these other players, but think about it from a business perspective. The NFL is now in bed with gambling and sports. If that's the case, the NFL has to make sure they protect the product which means that there is no funny business going on for the audience, for anybody that is watching NFL. They, the NFL needs those people's trust. 
A great way to ruin that is to have players actually betting on the product. So you can't have that. And I like the NFL actually going all in more so to say you can't even use a team facility because we want to be squeaky clean when it comes to gaining the trust of the people actually putting their money and betting on these games right now. That makes sense to me. The the fans, they need to be able to trust the NFL and know their money's not being played with. The, this this makes all the sense in the world for the NFL to say, nah, man, look, we are going by the book. We want to make sure that you, the fan, does not feel weird when you hand over that money to us, the National Football League, to FanDuel, to DraftKings, whatever is your vice as far as the gambling sites go. You need to be sure that no funny business is going on. And that includes no players using the team facility for anything. I mean, college football games. I mean, nothing. So, yeah, maybe it's harsh, but I'll tell you this from a business perspective. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Like, I understand it. And now the players know. Now, now there's no excuse, right? Like, you can you can pretty easily not go to the team facility and place bets on college football or anything outside the NFL, and you damn sure easily cannot make bets on NFL games, which is clearly an egregious violation considering you play in those games. Even if you don't play in the exact games you play in, right? You still play in the league in which you're betting on. No, you can't have it. It seems pretty simple to me. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to, like I said, what I tell my son all the time. There are a lot of stupid people walking around this world, (laughs) son. And this is just very stupid. Like I said, for you to go and bet on NFL games as if you think you're not going to get caught. You deserve what you get. And these are fringe players we're talking about. These aren't great players except Jamison Williams was a first-round pick. But the rest of those guys aren't looked at as, you know, big-time players. So these guys run the risk of never getting back in the league just because you want to gamble on sports. Well, and another or NFL. 100%. That's well, inexcusable. There are a couple texts here, too, <laughs> that are talking about the officiating side of this. Well, I mean, but that's the whole thing, right? The NFL already has enough of a problem when people are talking about the NFL being rigged. The scripts. Or people taking Arian Foster's satire as legitimate story from him. That's the problem. When people think that Arian Foster is telling the truth and saying, hey, maybe it's rigged, right? Maybe this whole thing, they go into training camp, they find the script in their locker, <laughs> and it's all a big joke. But that's what the NFL is fighting against. The right. whole point, if you fell for it, whatever. But the whole point is that people fall for that because they see egregiously missed calls in games. And they think, hey, there's some funny business going on. And if that's the case, why would you feel comfortable putting your money on some of those games that you might think are rigged? The NFL is fighting that hardcore, and they're also showing that with the suspensions at hand for some of these players. No doubt about it. And then you watch the 30 for 30s, the broke. We see how fast players can run through their money. We see that a lot of NFL players live check to check, believe it or not. I've had friends that play in the NFL to tell me a lot of these types of stories. So if you think that this this can't infiltrate the league and some guy, a bookie, comes up and says, hey, you know, if you can – shave a few points i got a couple of million dollars for you or whatever the case may be these players some of them are in positions that they need the money and would think about it or do it so that's a whole nother aspect to this as well so they have to send swift harsh messages to these players that it will not be allowed or you will risk your career at least a year of football i want to give you some bryce young conversation we are trying very hard as a show to please said tease and we promised you bryce young but brian brings in a good text he said welcome to the nfl where we let sexual assaulters and wife beaters play but heaven forbid players bet on games they have no part in so here's what happens 
the punishment for said people that Brian is talking about need to be harsher than the actual betting. That's how you take care of this. Right. I don't know if it's necessarily saying the suspension for Calvin Ridley is is lowered or any of the players betting on NFL games is lowered. We just have to have harsher punishment for any of the players that are allegedly involved in domestic violence and or if there's proof, the NFL investigation, they find further proof. So 100%, and I can understand why Brian might write that text in. Real quickly, let's talk just a little bit of Bryce Young before we move on. If he's the pick... Do you think this will be the best quarterback room the Panthers have had since Cam Newton was here for his first stint, Wes? Is that obvious to you that it would be the best QB room? I think for sure it would be the most mature. I think as far as football IQ going on in the building, I think this is going to be right up there, if not the best, because you talk about Andy Dalton, KG veteran that's been around for a very long time, that's seen it all in this league. You talk about Bryce Young, that is fancy, the savant by many. I don't think it'll take him long. I remember when Andrew Luck came to the Colts, they talked about how during minicamp he was already changing plays and getting into audibles and it was just minicamp and that's just how quickly he absorbed the playbook. I could see a lot of that coming from one Bryce Young. So yes, I would venture to say that either way it goes, the Panthers will be in good hands from the quarterback position. The the only argument you can make is that Teddy Bridgewater being here, who was clearly the best of all of the holdover QBs, Bridgewater stats. And I know Sam Darnold did some nice things, but I think overall Bridgewater, what he did was better than what Sam did. Certainly Baker. I mean, he's last on this list. The only argument you could possibly make is that Bridgewater at that time was better than Bryce Young coming into the league. But even that's a stretch. Like, I'd, I'm i trying to find something here. Yeah, the Cam Derrick Anderson is probably the yeah. best tandem I could think of. People talked about Derrick like he was the best backup QB they in did, the league. They did, really. Yeah. I mean, they and look, <laughs> he, was, he was good enough, right? He was good backup QB. He made a Pro Bowl in Cleveland, though, as a starter. He did. The, the best year that he had was with Cleveland. He was a wild dude to hear from in the locker room. When I was an intern and I was collecting audio... I remember, I you know, part of this is, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm sorry. Derek Anderson said some stuff in the locker room that I won't repeat, but it was funny to hear him talk about the Arizona Cardinals team that he played for and about that offensive line and about the coaching staff. It was pretty hilarious. He was wow, not. you have to tell us some of that. Yeah, not thrilled with it, you know. So it was just funny to hear his uh, unfiltered thoughts on some of that in the locker room. Speaking of the Cardinals, I sent you guys a text last oh, night. Oh, yeah, big trash. <laughs> what? <laughs> Imagine yeah. setting the stage to put that out there for a big reveal. I mean, that was really loud. Those things are awful. I want that. I want that. Honestly, can we get that on the hot bed or on the hot keys? <laughs> that was the loudest mouth fart I've heard in forever, but I think it deserved it. I think you reach within the depths of your diaphragm and you gave what the Cardinals uniform deserves. A big fat fart noise. <laughs> it's all one color. It's like, you, you know how when you would play on Microsoft Paint and then you could just <laughs> press the paint roller and then fill in the jersey colors? It feels like they designed that with Microsoft Paint and what they did was the designer said red. Uh, what's our, what's the other, you know, white? Okay, white. Uh, black? Cool. Black. Bang. Done. All right. Everybody like get excited. Stanford. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, which are also boring uniforms. Stanford right. is just all one color. I was just sitting there last night, and I was actually thankful. Like, you know, I know we got all excited a few weeks ago when the Panthers had uniform news. I'm now thankful Carolina's not, is not overhauling their uniform because 
You're scared. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, you have to be because that's awful. Yeah, that's bad. They're very plain. The black ones look like the Ohio State black. But the other two uniforms, they look like Stanford. I mean, they're just super plain. Uh, can you imagine hyping it up is the problem? I mean, and I feel like, you know, Kyle talks about this. We, You just said it, honestly, in the first segment. You know, there are people that just don't get it out there in the world. There are stupid people out there. Yes. Why are there people looking at this design and thinking, yo, this is about to be fire. <laughs> like we're, <laughs> we're about to drop this on everybody's timeline and people are about to be lit. What? Who thinks that? When you look at a solid color jersey. You think about it all the time, man. Who okayed this? Who? What were the meetings like? Why would you think the fans are going to put out there a bunch of flame emojis, eyeball emojis? No, there are laughing, crying face emojis is what's going on with that. And what do you think they're saying today as they sit there? This We're sorry. This yeah, also this also reminds me too. If they're not going to get bullied, I don't think to change it. But do you remember when the Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out? Yes. And the first iteration of that character yep. looked horrible. Yeah. And they got destroyed for it. And then they bullied that movie into switching it to where it looked like the normal Sonic the Hedgehog. I wonder if they're going to get bullied enough to actually switch those uniforms up. I think the ship has sailed on that. Yeah. Too probably, much money's been probably, spent. Probably. I don't think it's going to happen. All right. Let's get to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? All right, I got a lot to run through here really quickly. The Carolina Hurricanes are not the only hockey team from the Carolinas competing in the postseason. As last night, the Charlotte Checkers won game two in overtime to keep them alive for the Calder Cup. Here's what it sounded like on AHL TV. It's still in. Here's Bunneman. Right wing circle. Drop pass to Nisenko. Over to Bunneman. Shot saved by Ayrson. The Scorpion save. Checkers with it. Rebound. Carlson buries it. We're back tomorrow night. Uh, Shroppy has cordially invited me to go to a Checkers game with him. He was there last night. He's trying to do the full convert hockey or fitty to hockey type of thing. So I've been invited to go to a Checkers game with him. Uh, speaking of the Hurricanes, the series shifts up to New York as the Islanders host them in a pivotal Game 3 tonight on TBS. And last night, the Charlotte Knights, they lost their third straight game to Louisville 6-2. to two. They'll seek uh, to win their first series or their first game of the series tonight at 7-15 on MILB TV. All right, that is a good local update in the version of a Fitty Flash. We appreciate that, and we appreciate you for staying tuned to the Campus Corner. Coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, Empowered by the Garage Door Guru text line, only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. There we go. And with all that said, it is time for the campus. Kona. All right, spring game still going on. We're getting to the last of them. 
I'll be going up to Duke tonight for that one. The Blue Devils move their spring game from tomorrow afternoon to tonight. Get to see your boy. That's right, man. Riley Leonard, my number one guy. We'll get to that in a second. The Charlotte 49ers, though, getting it in tomorrow. The Biff Pogey era officially, officially begins as we get to see the 49ers on the field. Listen, the stars of the game tomorrow with the philosophy of one Biff Pogey is going to be the offensive lineman. Surprise, surprise. Eight D1 transfers. Check this out, including a couple from Maryland and one from Nebraska. Seven of the newcomers measured 6'4 taller prior to spring workouts. Each of them tips the scales at 290 or more with five at or above 310. That's a lot of cooking, a lot of wings, a lot of food getting cooked in the chow hall for these mm-hmm. guys, including big fellas like Jalen Hampton, 6'7", 323. Kevin Williams, 6'5", 338 out of Nebraska. We know that Coach Pogey, when he was in Michigan, teams forfeited an entire season because his hands were too big, too strong for everybody. So he is trying to do the same in Conference USA. Maybe they can get lucky and get into the college football playoffs because everybody just, uh, you know, they don't want they don't want that smoke. They don't want the smoke and the star. We know that Biff wants to run the ball. Shadrick Bird returns. He has 10 career touchdowns, 2022 and 2021. Honorable mention all conference USA is a kick returner and was a all freshman selection at running back. He goes 5'10, 210 pounds. So he's a load on his own running behind those big fellas at six at 5'10. He might just be able to hide behind. I'm excited to see what the quarterbacks are going to do. And it's interesting because we, we see QBs, even the big name QBs, not come up with gaudy stats in these spring games because you're working on other things. So I wonder if the best QB performance we might get from whoever, whether it be a Xavier Williams, whatever QB is on the roster, if it's like one touchdown pass and you only throw for 60 yards because you're just running the football all the time because that's clearly going to be the identity. Are, are we going to see some very pedestrian QB stats? But one of them be so far out in front of the other one, if that makes sense. I, I'm just, I just don't know how they're going to use the quarterbacks in this spring game because we don't get to see crazy numbers from these guys really in any spring game, but especially with Charlotte, who looks to be all in and then some on running the football time and time again. And for a little bit more on that, let's hear from Hunter Bailey as he gives you a little bit. I don't more. think we don't have any. Hunter oh, we don't Bailey have it. Okay, no, all I right. Put it in the Never mind. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. As I said, going up to Duke for the spring game tonight. Checking out my guy, Riley Leonard, last season. He had over 20 touchdown passes, over 10 touchdowns rushing last year. I believe one of 25 quarterbacks in Division I that had that distinct honor. Uh, This guy, like I said, the nation's best-kept secret, in my opinion. That's why he was number one to end the season. But this Duke team is loaded. Uh, I'm almost there, man. I'm I'm working myself into an upset to begin the season against Clemson. This team is loaded. That's going to be the biggest game that they've played at Duke ever. But you talk about Jalen Calhoun back at wide receiver, Eli Panko in the running back room. You got Jordan Waters back there. He's one of the best backs in the conference you probably haven't heard of. Dwayne Carter back on that defensive line. Now, they'll miss Shaka Haywood at the linebacker position. He was a big-time player for them. But this Duke team is locked and loaded. Nobody's talking about him right now except for me. 
And I think that they're going to sit around and stew in that all offseason. And they're going to have some smoke ready for the Tigers when they come through there. So I'm excited. I expect to see good offense in this game tonight because of the continuity uh, of this football team. So I'm ready to check them out tonight. What are some of the takeaways that you want to see from them? Because I know Riley Leonard is someone that you're (laughs) excited to see just throw it all over the yard. I know this is – is he – like your favorite player in the ACC right now, just based off of what you saw last year and somebody that could really take off again, finally get some of that national attention. Yeah, I mean, I would say so to start right now because this is just a kid. Like I said, nobody's paying the guy any attention, and all he did was go out last year, ball out, and lead Duke to one of their best seasons. When you talk about them winning eight football games, they got the win in the uh, in their bowl game as well. So this is a guy that nobody just seems to pay attention to him because he plays for Duke. He was going to be a big transfer target. A lot of people thought he would leave. He throws for 2,900 yards. He has 20 touchdowns, six picks on the season, but he also ran for 13 scores and 699 yards. This is a guy that people really need to be on the lookout for, man, because he's big time. What's fun about Duke is they had a surprising year last season. And so they were uh, legitimately a good football team, not fantastic, but a good football team. And so now when you bring all of those guys back, now you are looking to make that jump. In a way, it's kind of tough because Mike Elko already surpassed all of the expectations last year. Is it unfair to ask him to do it again now based now because we have different expectations for this team, but you do have the quarterback that was so good last season, so it'll be interesting to see the kind of year they have. Yeah, and he's got his receivers back, right. his backs, they're, they're, they're stacked. So anyway, going over to the transfer portal, that's always something that we have to go to. UNC basketball picks up Cormac Ryan, former Notre Dame marksman. This guy could shoot the basketball. Fitty, what did you think about this? Are you excited? It was fine. You know, it's a step in the right direction. Career 35% three-point shooter. Carolina needs to add three-point shooting. Uh, he's 25 years old, so he's going to be one of the older players, if not the oldest player in the country next year but this isn't a move that makes me feel a lot better about what we got going on next year yeah this is so i've brought this up a couple of times when even you were looking for other transfers with the pete nance thing you have oh i guess it's actually kind of flipped right so two years ago ryan shot 40 percent from three but this past season he shot 34.4 right like it seems like north carolina when they're looking for three-point shooting they have one awesome year and you're hoping to replicate that in the season that they come over. It just seems like that that specific skill set or that specific season has been attached to some of these guys, and Hubert Davis is hoping to see that happen again. And maybe it does. It doesn't mean that it's not going to, but I, I would like to have, I don't know, a, a good three-point shooter throughout somebody's career. Before we jump out of here, NC State picks up another transfer. They get MJ Rice from Kansas. That now... He joins DJ Horn from Arizona State, Jaden Taylor from Butler, and Ben Middlebrooks from Clemson in NC State's transfer class, currently ranked third in all of college basketball. Is NC State to be taken serious next season, and could they dare, I say, leapfrog the Tar Heels? Yeah, I think it's fair to say they should be taken seriously. Terquavion Smith, still a huge loss. Jarkel Joyner, still going to be huge, right? Like, those two guys were awesome last season. So can you expect that type of production to replicate itself? I would say no on that, but you absolutely should take them seriously. They were a tournament team last year. Kevin Keats finally gave himself a little bit of a cushion as far as the pressure goes. So, yeah, 
but certainly it's not something where you're expecting them to miss the tournament altogether because of the lack of talent. Yeah, Horn, Taylor, and Rice are all rated four-star prospects in the transfer portal. Ben Middlebrooks is a three-star prospect, so Kevin Keats out there, man, hitting the concrete, getting it done. Fitty, you got any uh, words for the farmers? Or It's amazing what that Adidas money will buy. Well, it's legal Bayheim. now, baby. You can't lean on that one. Look at look at Fitty Bayheim over there <laughs> getting mad at the ACC team. So when we return on the Wes and Walker show, Nick Nurse let go by the Toronto Raptors. Should the Hornets uh, kick the tires on him a little bit, so to speak, on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC.